today in verses 20 to 26 we find that Jesus is now praying for those who would believe in him through the disciples message and you know who that includes us you realize that in your Bible there is a prayer of Jesus for me and for you and for all who would believe that's powerful Jesus knew that we were all gonna be here today Pastor Daniel is going to open up the book of John and discover a prayer that Jesus prayed for you and for me. Before the creation of the world, Jesus knew you would be hearing this message today. He knew right where you would be, and he knew exactly what you would need to hear. This prayer is for you. Jesus thought of you while he was in a physical body, and he prayed for you. Don't you want to find out what he said? Now, here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 17 as he begins his message, a prayer of invitation. As many of you know, before I was called into ministry, I was playing music professionally. And I remember when I first started to hear um, jazz-styled music, I wasn't raised with jazz at all. And I remember the introduction that I had into, I was a bass player, an electric bass player, but my introduction to the upright happened in the same about three month period. I remember there was a a hip hop group called Diggable Planets. How many of you remember them from the the late nineties? Some of you, right? Diggable Planets, they were a hip hop group. And I remember it, the song began with this great upright bass line. They had hired, I didn't know who he was at the time, but they had hired the famous bass player named Ron Carter. Ron Carter played with Miles Davis and pretty much everybody else after that. They hired Ron Carter and he wrote this, he, he played this walking bass line and, and then Digwell Planets, this hip hop group, they went out and they would kind of rap over it. And so rap is more of like a spoken form of song. And I remember I, I was so captivated because um, the hook of it was, I'm cool like that, I'm cool like that. And everyone was just like, yeah, I want to be cool like that, you know? And uh, But it was this style of music that I'd never heard where it was like there's this rhythm and there's this spoken word over it. So that was one of the groups. The other group was a, a group called G-Love and Special Sauce. It's a hysterical name. You know, I actually I actually met G-Love. His name is Garrett, actually. That's where he gets G-Love from. This guy from Philly, tall, lanky guy, and he played like blues guitar. And he had a, an upright bass player. And same kind of a style where it was like these really cool upright bass grooves. And he had this kind of spoken kind of style. And so I bring this up because we're in the Songs of Summer series. Right? We've been looking at all these different songs from all these different places in the Bible, talking about, hey, this is a song of our heart. This is a song that we get in the Bible. And today I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit in honor of Diggable Planets and G-Love and Special Sauce. And I wanted to give you what I would like to consider more of a spoken word kind of a song. Because as far as I can find in the Bible, Jesus never sang a song. Look, I couldn't find Jesus singing a song anywhere in the Bible, and I, I, I wanted to share Jesus' words with you. 
I just really felt that God wanted, we wanted to see red letters in the Songs of Summer series. And this is also for me in a lot of ways, this week's message is our kind of, we're starting to close out the Songs of Summer series, and now everything's starting to ramp up for fall launch. And so I want you to open in your Bibles to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. We're going to take the end of John 17. The New Testament, as we call it, has four gospels or four tellings of the good news, the Jesus story of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So it's the fourth one. In John chapter 17, Jesus, it's his high priestly prayer. That's what it is. Jesus, it's the end of his earthly ministry, and he's preparing to go to the cross and be resurrected. And John's gospel gives us all sorts of information about what that last night looked like. We have three, four chapters of discourse. And Jesus, first he prays for himself in verses 1 to 5, and then he prays for his disciples in verses 6 to 19. And then what we're going to look at today in verses 20 to 26, we find that Jesus is now praying for those who would believe in him through the disciples' message. And you know who that includes? Us. You realize that in your Bible, there is a prayer of Jesus for me and for you and for all who would believe. That's powerful. Jesus knew that we were all going to be here today. Jesus knew that each one of us were going to come to know him. And he prayed for that. So look at what it says. John chapter 17, picking up in verse 20. It says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Verse 23, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may be hold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world, O oh, righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is a powerful prayer, isn't it? Now, what I want to do is I'm going to get at this prayer in... Instead of going kind of verse by verse, because Jesus keeps coming back to different themes in different verses. So I'm going to take it kind of in a circuitous route, jumping all over the place. But I want you to notice this first. Look at verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Know what this teaches us? This teaches us that Jesus wants us. Jesus wants us. Now, what's interesting about this is this verse implies that 
because Jesus has revealed himself to the disciples, that the disciples will also proclaim who Jesus is. And there will be a group of people who believe in Jesus because of the words of the disciple, the disciples. And what's interesting about that is Jesus doesn't need us. Jesus wants us. He desires us. And that's kind of a powerful thing, isn't it? It's not like Jesus is deficient or God is deficient and he needs us to say, you are God and we love you. And without it, he's got kind of like a low self-esteem complex. God actually wants us. How powerful is that? See, if you're here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, it's because God wanted you. He didn't need you. He wanted you. And what's amazing when we think about that is God wants other people also. We're going to see through this prayer that just as God wants us, God wants other people. And God wants us, like the disciples, to be people that his word can flow through to reach other people. We all know what it's like, or we look forward to that day when somebody would say, I want to spend my life with you. I remember when I was courting my bride. You're nervous. You're like, man, I, I want to spend the rest of my life with this gal. And it's like, Will she say yes? Will she say yes? Is she going to run out on me when she knows what I'm really like? See, relationships have such power on the horizontal level. And when you realize that God wants you, no matter if no person wants you, God wants you. And that's a powerful reality. God desires you. Not in some sort of physical way, but the fullness of intimacy, real intimacy. He wants you to be his child. The Bible talks about the fact that we are adopted into the family of God. I think about it as a parent. I have three children, right? And I love them. But when they were born, I, they are who they are. They're becoming who they're becoming. And we're doing our best to nurture their lives. Right? Right? But when you adopt a child, they're already growing up and you find out who they are and you say, I know, I know as much as I know about you and I still want to take you to myself. And that's what God has done for you. See, God knew everything about you. He knew everything about me and God still says, look, I want you to be my child. Does that make you excited a little bit? It should. We should get excited. God actually desires me to be a part of his family. It reminds me of what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verses 32 and 33. He says, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself that he said, signifying by what death he would die. Notice that. When I'm lifted, speaking of the, the cross, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all peoples unto myself. See, the finished work of Jesus is about God's desire to draw people to himself. Because God wants us. Now, not only does Jesus want us, but all through this prayer, over and over again, Jesus wants us unified. 
He wants us unified. We find this in a number of places. Look at verse 21. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they may be one in us. Look at verse 22. That they may be one just as we are. Look at verse 23. I in them and you in me that they may be perfect or made perfect in one. Look at verse 26. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Jesus wants us to be unified. Now, I know that Pastor Bill spoke about this, about the unity of believers. That great psalm, Psalm 133, verse 1 begins, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now listen, unity is not uniformity. You realize that? See, God's unity is unity in diversity. Do you realize that? I mean, isn't that what Jesus is saying? He's like, I want them to be made perfect in one as Father, you are in me and I are in you. And if the Holy Spirit was speaking, he'd be like, I want them to be one as I am in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father and I am in the Father and Jesus is in me. See, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all one God, but they are diverse in who and how they function with humanity. And true unity is not uniformity. We're going to have a million different... I mean, look at look around the, the sanctuary. Look, there's, there's thousands of people here. You, you think we're all going to agree on everything? <laughs> Can you I mean... If I had my grandma, Anita Cappadona, and she made us a fish sauce, some of you are like, I don't like fish. I don't like red sauce. I mean, my son Obadiah, he's Italian. He likes butter on his pasta. I'm praying for that kid. I mean, he needs Jesus, man. I mean, how can you have a last name like Fusco and want butter on your pasta? I blame Lynn. You got to pray for us. If Jesus was here, we'd be like, I don't like the way Jesus' hair looks. He doesn't, I don't like his voice. He talks a little, we, we don't think that, but that's exactly what happened in Jesus' day, right? Jesus came to the Jewish people and they all were, some loved him, some didn't like him. Some thought his ministry was great, some thought he was a fool. See, true unity is not that we all agree on everything exactly the same. True unity is that the one thing that's the most important, who God is, we all come down together and we say, that's the reality. It's Jesus that binds us together. And you know how I know that as a church, Crossroads has been on a good track? Because I watch Satan try and get in and divide. That's how I know that we're on the right track. Because I watch Satan try and get in there and be like, oh, this is going to be an issue. This is going to be an issue. What I've learned is that God loves people coming together and Satan loves to what? Divide people. Satan's desire is to divide people from God, divide them from their truest selves, and to divide people from each other. That's how the enemy works. And Jesus wants us unified. And as I said, this unity is not just us trying to figure out how to all get along. Unity comes because God is unified. Jesus says over and over again that they may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may be one in us. 
See, our unity comes from God. As you and I and each other, as we abide in the vine, as we are branches connected to Jesus, because we are one in him, then we become one with one another. We start to see each other as we see ourselves. We start to rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep because we look at our brothers and sisters, and if one of us wins, we all win. If one of us is broken, we are all broken. The unity of God that translates to the unity of the people of God is challenging in an individualistic culture like ours. Because part of our culture is that I succeed at your diminishment. I am pushed forward as your pullback. But the people of God are not meant to function that way. See, God wants you and I to be so connected with one another that we are truly one body. Some of our beloved longtime members here, we've had a number of people in and out of the hospital. And in each case, I think of two specifically that just went on. There was one issue that put everything, everything else is fine. There's just one thing. And because the one thing isn't working, everything is in jeopardy. And that's true of us as a body, is that we could be healthy all around, but if one thing is not together, if one thing is not functioning, we could be catastrophically in trouble. So brothers and sisters, I want you to say, God, because you want us unified, help me to be a force for unity. Help me to be gracious with people I don't agree with. Because God is not saying that everyone needs to do everything and believe everything exactly the same. He's saying, look, because I am God, there is a diversity of non-essential issues that it's okay. For most of us, you know what happens? Because we do not really understand the unity of God, unity and diversity, we end up embracing everyone who thinks like we do and we push away everyone who doesn't. You can tell, like, so, like, if you're on Facebook, if you post something political and everybody just agrees with you, I'm here to tell you that you are not technically understanding true unity. Because what it means is that you've only surrounded yourself with people who are just like you, and most often have been people who used to be, but after a while, there's such a severing in relationship. See, God wants us to hold our views with conviction, but with a loving heart a convicted civility. And I think in a church the size of Christ, we're going to have all sorts of things. We're like, man, I don't know if we should be doing that. I don't know if we should be doing that. But listen, we love Jesus, and we're getting at the things of Jesus. And listen, it's okay, because we have some differences of opinion. Jesus wants us unified. You know why? Because God the Father is unified. Now, but here's the thing. Because we live in a culture, because we live in a culture that values argument. I mean, pretty much every talk show, right? It's what makes the talk show entertaining is all the fighting that goes on. How many of you guys remember Jerry Springer? He might still be on. I remember when I was growing up, Jerry Springer was actually a respectable talk show. There was Phil Donahue. There was Oprah Winfrey back before she thought she was God. And don't get, listen, don't get me wrong. I cry when I watch Oprah every time. I'm that guy. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
You know, but this was before Oprah kind of decided that she was uh, more than just Oprah Winfrey, created and sustained by the Almighty God, right? And then Jerry Springer was on there too, and he was solid. But all of a sudden, as Oprah really started to ascend in popularity, now all of a sudden Jerry needed to find a new thing, so he cut you know, all these people they'd fight and brawl on there. And pretty much every talk show, every political talk show, they're all designed on an argument. And they incite you and people start yelling at each other and then maybe you'll get some hits that people say really nasty things to each other. So our culture, we are entertained by conflict. And then what happens is, is that we come into church and we start to think God is honored by my stern displeasure. <laughs> I mean, think about how crazy that is. Where's one place in the Bible Jesus is like, look, I get glory when you are prickly. When was the last time your spouse was like, I really enjoy you when you're grumpy? Listen to what Puritan preacher Thomas Brooks says. This kind of stopped me in my tracks when I read it. Discord and division become no Christian. For wolves to worry the lambs is no wonder. But for one lamb to worry another, this is unnatural and monstrous. They don't talk like that anymore. But maybe we should. Man, we need to fight tooth and nail to have unity in diversity. To give people on non-essential issues to say, look, we realize there's going to be a difference of opinion, but the unity of who God is, is what we're holding on to. And we can accept one another and talk like a healthy family around the family table and disagree in a way that is Building up instead of destroying. Because the finished work of Jesus is worth it. See, as we move to our next point, what you're going to find is that our culture and the world has never seen a church that's unified. They've seen the church in all different kind of looks, but the unified church, that's where the power is. And brothers and sisters, we need to work and talk and pray and seek after unity in diversity. I'm going to clue you in on something. Whatever the secondary issues that you hold the most dear, I am absolutely certain that there are many people in this room who hold the exact other side of the issue. And for equally biblical convicted reasons. How do we say, God, you are bigger than the things that want to divide us. You are greater than that. And we need to fight against disunity. Because over and over again, our unity is supplied by God's unity in his personhood and us becoming like God. Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel brought us to Jesus as he prayed. He prayed for himself, he prayed for his disciples, and then he prayed for us. He prayed for everyone who would believe because of the disciples' message. And his main priority for you and for me is that we would have unity. Pastor Daniel showed us that in order to be unified, we need to remain in the vine. He is the source of our unity within all the diversity. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. 
but I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life, and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will show us that unity is countercultural. Conflict sells, arguments sell. Unity won't get you five minutes on television. We are conditioned for conflict. But our witness relies on unity. So we need to fight tooth and nail to hold on to unity in God. We can disagree in a way that builds up instead of destroying because of the finished work of Jesus. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Songs for Summer. Until then, may God bless.